Chapter 5 Next Train to Market Yeah, I know, the Cheshire Cat had a grin, not a smile. I've seen a cat without a grin, but I've never seen ducks fly out of my ass. Why'd I do it? Why return to the big ugly wood box? I've had lots of time to think that one over, and I figure there are two reasons. I'll start with the less obvious one. I think it was an attempt to re-enter my old life. For all I knew, I really was stark raving sane in an institution somewhere with a nice warm straitjacket, all nice and tight and snug around my shoulders. So all I knew, only way to get a hang on things and get out of that straitjacket was to walk back into what passed for the world I had known. Another reason why I might have been crazy was that I had never actually explored the entire island. I had walked, swum, and flown all around it, but never all the way around it. Never found the end. So I had no way to really know that it was an island, but I never found any more land either. So what gives? Made sense if I was off my nut. I mean, I had walked all around the island on two feet, I had flown around the island as a bird, and I had swum around the island as a fish. Does that strike you as particularly sane? I didn't think so. Other reasons actually more obvious. I had mentioned finding some guy sitting on the bench, right? Well, he'd been sitting there the whole time. I mean, not since I had sat on that bench thinking I had multiple personalities. He had been sitting there the whole time I was checking up on the big ugly wood box. I noticed him from the doorway, not in detail, just registered in the back of my mind that the box was occupied. I knew he was there when I stepped back into the city in a box. I knew he was there when I took that look around admiring all the fake architecture. I knew he was there when I walked right up to the bench. See? I'd been on that island for Lord knows how long. I was feeling just a tad lonely. Wanted someone to talk to. No, I'm not going to go into any great detail trying to describe the guy. Something you just sort of learn about the fair folk. They change skins as easily as most people change clothes, so you just have to sort of get a sense of who someone is through instinct or something. Can't trust one of them to look the same way twice. Can't trust that who you're talking to is who you think you're talking to. Spending time with the fair folk can leave a body feeling just a little paranoid. You have to get a sense of the person. Even then, you can still be faked out. What do you look like? Ral Julia from the Adams Family. There, you happy? Oh, Matthew, I've been expecting you. The lands beyond agreed with you, I see. I didn't know what to say. I just spent I don't even want to think about how long it'll stretch a beach overlooking the ocean. I'd spent my time playing with reality, shape-shifting, skipping fireballs like rocks over the surf, and making stuff out of stained glass like wood. I'd gotten there when I discovered that the world had turned into the contents of a big, ugly box twenty feet on the side. What could I say? Words failed me. You may call me Beowulf Drake. That's another thing. When one of the fair folk tells you his name, don't believe him. You are rested. You are fit. You have returned from the lands beyond of your own free will. The where? Oh, over there. There is much you will learn in time, for now we must away to the common market. Without another word, he began to stroll with a purpose away from the facade of my office building and away from the door in the box. I could still see the beach and the surf beyond. How far could he get? box was only twenty feet on the side, but I hadn't seen another human being in far too long. I followed him. He walked to the corner bus stop, and we descended into the underground. Flight of stairs, escalator for anyone too lazy to climb back out. No people. I noticed that as we stood on the platform waiting for the train. Since I had re-entered the world, the only person I had seen was Beowulf. Soon enough, train arrived, puffing smoke. Yeah. Clattered to a stop, doors opened, and we got in. 
Have you ever been to market? No, silly of me. Of course not. It's quite a thing to see. You'll never forget it. Common market? You can get anything there. Anything. You need it? Just go to the market and somebody will be selling. You have something to sell? Just go to market. Someone will buy it. I really must agree with him. Common market is like nothing you've ever seen before. Try to imagine a farmer's market, county fair, and science fiction convention all kind of rolled together. Yes, I went to a science fiction convention once when I was 16. Have you ever been to one? It's hard to describe. People in costumes and booze and women in skimpy come-hither outfits. I'd heard that conventions were the last bastion of swinging sex. That's why my 16-year-old buddies and I had gone to the convention we were looking to get. Why am I telling you this? So the train stopped, and we stepped into the middle of a great open plaza. People everywhere. Every description. I swear I saw a group of Klingons. Tables, booze, and buildings. Triumphant babble of voices. Everything was for sale here? Believe it. Beowulf has me by the hand now. Doesn't want to lose me in this throng. Must look like an easy mark. Mouth hanging open, gawking at everything, sights, sounds, and colors. You remember what the dinosaurs sounded like in that movie? Yeah. I swear I heard them bellow off in the distance somewhere. We find a table. He sits me down. Hungry? He disappears into the throng for a moment, returns with a paper sack dripping with juices and flush with steam, opens it. I swear to you, I cannot remember for the life of me what it was that I ate. I've tried to remember what it looked like. I've tried to remember what it smelled like. I've asked after what it was. No answer. All I remember was that it was the most incredible food that I'd ever had in my whole entire life. At some point, I realized that Beowulf Drake is nowhere to be found. He left me at that table very happily licking juices from my fingers. Didn't even start to catch on to this until some thing sat at the table and started talking about this terrible war. It was really horrible. Great kingdoms and foul monsters and ancient evil. So compelling that I just found myself listening to him. It, whatever. And I was hanging on his every word, wondering how it had ended, not knowing if it had ended. Were we in danger? That was when I realized he was telling me the plot of the Lord of the Rings. I laughed. Couldn't help it. Everything that happened that day was finally starting to catch up with me. I stood, meaning to find something, anything. That was when Beowulf came back, and he had someone with him. She was beautiful. Tall, willowy, blonde hair, looking all the world like Uma Thurman. And this next bit I should have seen coming. I should have recognized it miles away. Stupid! All I can say in my own defense is that I was still in the grip of that divine madness I was telling you about. Beowulf Drake had taken me to market. You can buy or sell anything at market. Anything. This audio recording of The Fearful Pagidian, Pin the Tail on the Donkey, is copyright 2010 by Keith T. Jones. All rights reserved.